0: Hello everybody, welcome to episode 16, I think, maybe, I can't remember, of the Stato Joe podcast hosted by me, Stato Joe, and my tired but yet excellent co-host,
1: the Enigma Luke Sherwin. Kind words, very kind words, I am tired but I am excellent, you're right, and I'm here happy to chat with you Joe, as always, there's been a lot of football recently, hmm. it's just been it's been a busy week. All things considered, football and outside of football, but I was, it's been good.
0: I was going to say, you're tired from a purely busy, busy point of view. You know, it's not a lazy tired, It's a, you've been non-stop the last few days tired, which uh, right, you briefly told us about before, but how was your stag do yesterday?
1: Uh, yeah, stag do was good crack yesterday. It was pretty chill, to be fair, like we went to the beach and just kind of played football, but spike ball and stuff, so that was nice to be by living the dream, just a chill time all around. And then uh, went to Let's Go Hydro. So Let's Go Hydro is like a water park kind of with inflatable things. You go, you get your wetsuit on. I can't swim. (laughs) Like I I genuinely just can't swim. So I did fear for my life a few times, thought that the end was nigh, wondered if life was ever going to come back or if I was going to spend the rest of my days just chilling in the water in this reservoir in Belfast um but thankfully i made it out and then was able to go and enjoy a nice enough dinner at the morning store a weird place probably mm-hmm. a paramilitary central do you know that's the type of vibe yeah, it gave me yeah but it was it was nice food nonetheless what about you do? how's how's the second half of this week been for you grand just working um
0: trying to think i had my first crier yesterday which was basically a a girl was stuck on the high ropes, got up to a height, looked down, which is never, you know, when you're on a high ropes course and you're scared of heights, you never, ever look down. No. While it's easier said than done, as soon as she looked down, she froze. It took five minutes for me to convince her to come off. It was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting plenty more of those during the summer. Um,
1: <laughs> She's just a big lame is fan, clearly. Yes,
0: Claire. She just she couldn't help herself but look down, look down. Uh, but don't don't look them in the eye, and she didn't look me in the eye. And so, (laughs) in some ways, maybe she was too big a famous fan. Uh, Apart from that, football has pretty much dominated. Um, Today was a rather relaxed uh, football day you know, only the two games, and they were both at the same time. I was like, what is going on? Two o'clock no, came out and I was like, what is happening? It's We're recording this just before eight o'clock. There's no game at eight o'clock. I'm confused. There's been eight o'clock
1: games now for the last ten days. Um, and there will be as well for the next uh, two days, I believe, eight o'clock mm-hmm. with games, and then five o'clock, and then a day off. There's a day which off, is, which is sad. Is that... Uh...
0: 'Cause the knockout games start next Saturday, I believe. We get the first last sixteen games. Um but yeah, like there's not much really. It's I am tired and in a routine because of, you know, I'm up early, getting the train, back, not much time. Do they have nothing else other than watch football, post stuff, go to bed, just constant cycle, you know? But that, that is the life of a working man. Um, To be honest, <laughs> we don't really have any topics planned for today, but I just wanted to chat briefly about now that we're about 10 days in to the Euros, I thought we should highlight just how badly our predictions have gone um, <laughs> so far. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but the, the thing I wanted to ask, ask you about, Bailey, really, was do you think this tournament has been relatively... Shocking is the wrong word because shocking would like implicate high like (gasps) moments, but like it's kind of gone under the radar. The results and how things have played out quite differently to what we expected.
1: You're right in one sense, but I think I think because the footballs come, it's coming so thick and fast. It's really hard to almost process things. Hmm. Like that's probably why things have gone under the radar. It's like all of a sudden something's happened. You're like, oh frig. I completely forgot that yesterday, this other ridiculous thing happened. You know, Mm. like Patrick Schick scored from the halfway line in the first game day. Nobody remembers that. (laughs) You know, they do, but they don't. It time. Yeah, Yeah. things are just happening, and it's nuts. You know, Netherlands Ukraine was a nuts game. Yeah, on the first game day, but I've completely forgotten about it because of other games that have taken place. Mm. And so, some things really have gone under the radar because we don't have time to think, but I think these two days off that we have this week, or however many days off it is, I'm not even sure, maybe just one, or I don't know, um, those days will really give us time, I think, to process everything that's happened, shock results, per performances, um, and things like that.
0: Do you, have a, do you have a per performance so far, in terms of maybe even, not just a specific one performance, but an overall kind of let's say everybody's let's forget today's games let's just go for the first two rounds are there any teams that you think they haven't done very well compared
1: to what we expected well turkey have been crap like really yeah. bad turkey have just not showed up at all um and they're probably the biggest team that i think a lot of people kind of expect to be dark horses in one sense mm-hmm. just really haven't shown up at all they really poor in their first game really poor in their second game and again today we haven't talked about it yet obviously um, but today we're dreadful once again mm-hmm. yep. so they probably have been it denmark have zero points after two games but they have other reasons yeah too. yeah so that is per from them but the loss against belgium was almost expect they played very well as well um, yeah, we but, did. but the the game against finland doesn't really doesn't really matter no. um so other than those two i think those are the two big ones spain haven't been great um, and sadly, sadly, North Macedonia have been <laughs> really bad. I
0: just want to also highlight Croatia, uh, who have okay. one one point after two games, find themselves third in that group. In fact, I think are they third? Of, yeah, they're third uh, on goal difference. See another point to Scotland. Going to that game, that's a big game. Whoever wins that, whoever wins that game between Scotland and Croatia could potentially be one of the third-place teams, depending on how the England-Czech Republic game goes, because they're yeah. both on four points. So I think that group's played out very interestingly. And um, also think England haven't been – well, they weren't great on Friday night, and we will talk about that in the main show. Um, but I, I think actually – you know, because I remember saying, I don't know how I felt about Spain being favourites, and you thought they probably are favourites, but I think they've almost played themselves out of that tag now. I think um, – Two
1: draws just isn't good enough, really. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Two draws isn't good enough. Player wise, has there been anybody that just hasn't showed up for you? Who uh, Harry Kane is absent. Uh, yeah, can anybody arguably, find him? Arguably Mbappe too, because everyone's like, oh Mbappe's rolling really well. Yeah, he's mm. quick. Yeah, good for him. But like, he's doing nothing with the ball at the end. No, Adam Traore can run quickly too. We all know how much I hate him. <laughs> yeah uh, I think
0: as well for me um, I had a name and i completely left me which you absolutely hate to see Uh
1: flip sick I can't honestly that's it's left me that's think. I think even you could look at almost all the teams and there's players who are underperforming mm. you look at you look at the Belgium team you think how on earth is Eden Hazard so average um you look you look at most teams, uh, you look at England and you think, Where has Phil Foden and Harry Kay- where have Phil Foden and Harry Kane been? So
0: mm. they haven't
1: really done an awful lot. Where where's Jaden Sancho? Like why is he not getting time? What is it going on there? Really bizarre. And um, you look Lewandowski showed up. Yesterday with the goal, but he hasn't really done much other than nah. that. Um, and there's and Mbappe, most of the French team as well. You could argue haven't really done an awful lot. Um, Portugal players, Ruben Diaz has been per Um, Bruno Fernandez has been non-existent. Like there's loads of players who just haven't really showed up. You just know with Mbappe though, he's gonna he will show up in the in the knockouts because that's what he does. Yeah, but I, I think uh,
0: that's what we're gonna see step up in the knockout stages. I think there could, there could will be a massive but I think it's because it's so easy to get through the knockouts in the Euros. Yeah, so there's almost no pressure. You know, there's almost little to no pressure. Um, but we better run because we have a we have a main show to go and do. So we will run on um, today's show, all about the last four days of fixtures, which was most of match day two. And we will talk today about how Group A finished up, uh, where they played Wales and. Switzerland faced Turkey, and we will chat to you all in the outro portion of the show. So we'll see you then. Uh, We're going to go right back to Thursday and start there and work our way through the day. So look, start us off on Thursday. What happened
1: on Thursday? Remind me. On Thursday, we saw the conclusion of Match Day 2 for Group B. We saw wow. Denmark play against Belgium. Wow. And wow. what turned out to be a really exciting game, Joe? Oh, so good. You see, when was, uh, Paulson scored, I went absolutely nuts in my room. I, I know you so did, because I'm in the group chat with you, Joe. And you yeah. sent in a message saying, so, absolute scenes. Yeah, <laughs> absolute scenes. It It was great to see. To be fair, I thoroughly enjoyed seeing um, Denmark. As many of you listeners will know, I adore Denmark um, for no particular reason. No bias at all. Um, I adore Denmark, really love them. And so when they went 1-0 up, I was buzzing. But I just sat at halftime thinking, oh, no. <laughs> this is going to go badly. And and badly it went. Because <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne decided he was going to come on mm. and play an absolute blinder.
0: He really did change the game, didn't he? Because in that first half, Denmark were easily the better team. Easily the easily. better team, in my opinion. By a mile. Belgium hadn't shown up. People were still looking for them in the stadium. They were like, Where's are some 11 players in this pitch? I don't see Belgium anywhere. And then all of a sudden, at time. On comes Kevin De Bruyne with his broken eye socket and orbital, and he's like, I'll run the shoe. Let me talk. He said, let me talk. I'm going to come on here.
1: And he did talk. He talked with his (laughs) feet. He talked with his feet. It's so true. Let's look at the stats. We, as obviously the Statue of podcast, love the statistics. First half statistics, Joseph. We saw an even possession, which in itself, is impressive from a denmark team that wasn't set up for possession yeah Um, but they had nine shots in the first half denmark compared to one from belgium a (laughs) nine to one ratio in the first half against the team that everyone says is one of the best attacks in national world football they had one shot on on goal and it was on target denmark had nine with three on target so that was a good start from Denmark. They had a lot of the ball, they had one big chance. This they, they scored, hopefully. Yep. Oh. They also had a big chance missed, apparently. Um, they had a lot of shots inside the box. They were able to exploit the Belgian defense. Joe, we kind of touched on it before, but I think this was the first time we've seen Belgium's aging defense mm-hmm. really stretched. I watched in the
0: game. It just felt nice to be proven right by something that we had spoken about on a podcast because I'm so used to making wrong predictions. and honestly <laughs> is quite sad that whenever we chatted about Belgium and we said, well, one weakness that they have are their centre backs and their defence. Um, was it Denier, his name was? Was it Denier who played? He was, I thought he had a shocker. Um, it was he didn't,
1: have, he didn't have a great one. Um he's not very 2021 20, either, because you can't beat the Niner. Um, so it's it's not good from him. A Vertonghen had a per game, I thought he showed his age. Uh, was well, so, Joey, you're covered there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um D- D- Vertongen didn't look great. Um older I don't think, has looked the same in a couple of years since that yeah. you new know, United move never really happened. He he looked pretty. He's looked pretty poor. And um, Denmark effectively set up with an identical formation to Belgium to try and contract all areas of the pitch. They even matched up by putting on a donkey and Yannick Vestergaard at the back as well to match Denier. Uh, thought you've got a crap defender. So do we. Happy days. That's great. Um, So That made me sad because then in the second half, Kevin De Bruyne came on and changed the game and Lukaku absolutely rinsed Yannick Vestergaard.
0: Oh, the football Belgium played in that second half was unbelievable. You see the two goals. Oh, no, I put on Twitter something about if you want to study the game and you want to watch how to play football, watch back both of those goals because of the pace of the passing... Even the technique for the goals, just stunning. And I think after the first goal, Denmark were a bit shell-shocked because they, yeah. got, they got run around, didn't they? They got, they got torn apart live on international TV in front of millions of people. Uh, De Bruyne scored a Kraken goal. Um, just some great play all around from Belgium. And that was kind of the first time in the whole competition that we've really seen Belgium at their best.
1: Um, and fact- although we should should point out statistically, it didn't really change an awful lot in the second yeah. half. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, Belgium had more of the ball, fifty five percent in the second half, but they still only had five shots. They only have six shots in the game. is very low, but when mm-hmm. five of those are on target, that's the difference yeah. when you're being clinical with your chances. Because in the second half, we saw Denmark have twelve shots, but only two of them going on target. That's not a great turnaround, all things considered. Um, shots to goal. Not overly surprising when they start with a two of Poulsen and Braithwaite. Players who are decent enough, but not anywhere near the top of world football. Do a job at running the lines at times, but not world-class strikers.
0: Hmm. I think those last those stats are kind of inflated. The uh, shots one because Denmark kind of had Belgium on the ropes for the last 10 minutes. You know they, they kind of went all out attack on them. Uh, they had loads of chances um, from memory, and I think they were close, pretty close, a couple of times as well. There was a couple where you thought, "Ooh, that was that was pretty close." Um, but overall, I'm I'm gonna say that's actually a disappointing result for Denmark just based on their performance. You know, yeah. Um, I would encourage everybody to go and watch Poulsen's goal because the noise in the stadium. When that goes in, is just it's one of those ones that gives you goosebumps. You know, it's just like that is unbelievable. Like, and the score after 100 seconds, the second fastest goal of the European Championships in history. Just it was it is genuinely something that you love to see. Like it genuinely was, even as a neutral, it just was superb. But unfortunately, Denmark, nice bottom of that group, was zero points with a massive. In fact, I don't think they're going to get through at this stage. I actually do think they're getting through still. Do you think there's going to be more? I think surely there's going to be enough third place teams on four points that will knock them off the best place third position.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if Denmark finished that group second. There's a bold prediction. Sure, that's not possible, is it? Well, every Belgium are on six and the other ones are on three. Oh, because they play Russia. If Denmark beat Russia and Finland lose heavily to Belgium, then. Mm. Denmark genuinely actually could finish in second. Um, let me quickly pull up just the the table so that I can see the goal difference. Um, but I, I wouldn't actually be surprised if Denmark managed to to pull through. I think what Richard says uh,
0: Richard says that the early goal in that game really set the pace for for the match is so right because it was a really frantic game um, of of football from then on. Um, welcome on in, everybody who's watching. Make sure to get involved in the comments. Let us know your thoughts so far on the Euros. Um, it was just one of those things, you know, uh, the, the game was quick. But, yeah, as you were saying, I was really looking forward to uh, three points in each position. Uh, yeah. But we didn't get that. But anyway, that let us know fun. tell me about the, the group then. Tell um, me, tell yeah, me. Yeah,
1: so Belgium are on six with plus four. So then it seems to be head-to-head, which makes it very interesting because mm-hmm. Russia are currently second with minus two mm-hmm. and three points. Finland are then third with zero and three points yeah, because of head-to-head. Yep. And Denmark are on minus two and zero. So if Denmark were able to beat Russia to 1-0, that would put Denmark and Russia on exactly the same with Denmark ahead on head-to-head. But then if Finland were to lose one 0 to Belgium, they would also be on three with a minus one goal difference it could be absolutely chaotic and I have no idea how they would work it out I don't know if you've got that three-way balance of who finishes top it might just have to go to goal scored goal scored it's goal scored after goal difference but head to head where does it, like if if the head-to-head's confusing where does it, where does it I have no idea Jim
0: you make a valid point. I was sitting trying to work that out in
1: my head, and, and you've stumped me. You've well, if anyone has any, any thoughts, anyone has any opinions, drop them in the comments. Let us know how they work it out. Like and subscribe, it's on the screen. That would be great. But we then also on Thursday had um, all of the action from Group C for this match day. We saw, it's a little bit painful for me to say, we saw Ukraine and North Macedonia. And then we saw Netherlands and Austria. So not only did I get to watch Denmark lose, but I got to watch my other love, North Macedonia, lose 2 1 against Ukraine. And Ukraine amassed many
0: unexpected goals. 3.73 XG I have here, which is massive. Um, 17 shots to bat North Macedonia's 13, with eight of those on target for Ukraine. not a bad set of statistics, just looking through them. I actually didn't see the game. I did listen to some of the second half on the train back from work. Um, it seemed that uh, at times in the second half, North Macedonia kind of were threatening uh, Ukraine without really being, you know, like without really scaring or troubling Ukraine. I think was there two missed penalties? Um, Peter Emerson, he's letting us know there. Look, he's saying, if there's a three-way tie on goal difference and goal scored, it goes to disciplinary points. But where does head to head come into that? with a fair play. Well that will be head to head if the head to head can't be resolved, then it goes to goal difference, then it goes to goal scored, then it goes to disciplinary points. So you best not have got a yellow card. Fascinating. I'm so Fascinating. intrigued by that. Wow. Look at this compliment. Richard loves the shirt. You love to see it. I got told her they to look like a
1: farmer, but here we are. Um, who's winning Group C, do we think? Uh, I think we're... Group C is pretty much set on Netherlands, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, Netherlands also won the game. We'll get to that in a little minute. Um, so they look like they're going to win Group C, probably. You're right, Joe, in this game, we saw two missed penalties. We saw, sadly, what could have been You know, a goal for aliowski Although, did he stick in the rebound? Um, he did. Yes. Hey, like, the only real issue there is fantasy points, do you know? Um but uh a missed penalty from Russia and not Russia, Ukraine. Oh I can't get those mixed up. I told
0: oh you. Dear, um, cut, cut the stream, cut the stream. All right, it, it, guys, was the it was now. never said, it was never said, it was never said.
1: Cut to happier times, too
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear.
1: Oh dear. Um, <laughs> I'm cancelled yes. by all the Russian governments. Oh
0: dear, indeed. Oh dear, indeed. Um, yeah. Oh. Poor North Macedonia. Look, you they so just hopeful. haven't
1: showed up. Joe, I was so hopeful for them. I really wanted the best for our North Macedonia, but they just did not show up. They were not a team that want to play football. Clearly, they, there's yeah. a reason they had the lowest amount of goals in qualifying, level with Wales. Strangely, which watching Wales these days seems so bizarre. Yeah, um, but no responsibility per once again alioski the only real household name in the team um tried his best didn't do that well and ukraine won come out with a, a victory and now back to zero goal difference ukraine in a decent enough position because in yep. that group we also saw the netherlands against austria did you see the netherlands against austria Joe, and did you have I did thought? i think
0: netherlands look decent um, without being exceptional, I think they play some good football. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think the game Thursday was great. Um, it wasn't a thriller. There's Carl saying that Luke's picking up the small teams.
1: No, like Carl, Carl, don't do this to me because in our predictions video, <laughs> I backed North Macedonia to make it the whole way to the final. Right. Okay, so he you can't can't can come at me, Carl, saying that I don't like them because I wanted them to get the final against Denmark.
0: I can confirm that Luke did say that it's gonna it was going to be a Denmark North Macedonia final. Um, so, if anything, Luke absolutely loves the smaller teams. And he's a Stoke fan as well. He's a Stoke fan as well. So, you know, he's a, he just he loves the small teams through and through. Um, Netherlands, Austria, 2 0 win for the Netherlands. Again, solid enough. Not, you know, outstanding, but still, the Netherlands look quite threatened on the attack, I think. Um, Basically, i just, just look at their XG there. They got they managed over three as well, which is very good. Um, again, you know, the Scottish village of Dumfries got in another goal. You know, uh, hope you had it. I had him in his uh, I wish I had him in my fantasy team. Uh, I've had a nightmare of the fantasy, but we'll get into that later on. Um, yes, it was okay. Look, to be honest, I didn't think it was a great game. Uh, but you know, a win in front of their home fans again. Netherlands march on through the last 16. Uh, yeah, six they look
1: they look an okay team. They don't blow me away. They don't come across as a team. All right, Carl, no need. That's a bit harsh. Stoker, Stoker my club, okay? <laughs> um, Netherlands don't blow me away. They don't play great football. They play okay football, but always look a little bit dodgy at the back. Delict is a big improvement in, in the defensive line. Very Absolutely. helpful to have alongside the fridge and really, yep. really Blind. You know, they're good players. I like them. Stecklenberg and Nets is shocking. Like, why is that last is week as well? Still <laughs> playing. Like, I will say it every week. Why is Martin Stecklenberg playing in the European Championships? This is a joke. Uh but the midfield is quite exciting. I don't know how Patrick Van Oenholt is playing for the Netherlands. Like he's, he's good, I like player. him. But, you know, he's not. He's not Jordi Alba. He's not even David Alba, who's on the other team. Do you know? Like, I, I just don't get that. I think I'm sad for him. Um, Dumfries has played well. He looks like he has yeah, potential to go far. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see somebody snap him up. Almost similar to how, um, the fridge got snapped up uh, after the World Cup last time. Um. Up a blades in the comments, there we love to see it. Not really related to the Potters, but small it's fine. Small team. Um, small team. yeah, yeah, small teams. And um, but yeah, Depay got a goal, but didn't really look like scoring from open play that much.
0: Nope, he didn't. I thought I was gonna say that as well. His goal came from a penalty, but didn't really look too advanced at open play. But then he's out a Barcelona during the week, so who's laughing? He is probably while we're sitting here. On our laptops talking about football, so I think Depay is better off than we are right at this moment in time.
1: I don't um, think so, Joe. I don't think okay. so. Who's more joyous? Me,
0: yeah, us. True, true. Um, so we in that group, uh, who was it who asked earlier? Was it Richard asked earlier about Group C? I think it's really if Netherlands don't win that group because they're playing North Massive next, they're bound to win the group. Um, and then it'll be interesting to see what happens between Ukraine and Austria because uh, whoever gets. The the points there will go through in second place or a draw. Yeah. I don't know what draw, but that'll be interesting to see. Um, then where do we move on to? Was it Group D next? Is we that do we do move
1: don't... on to Group D? Na- nice. And that was a boar fest on Friday night. Oh man, that was shocking. Um, England against Scotland, nil nil. What on earth? Like that was just, it was poor football all around from England. Scotland did well, held their ground, did what they probably went into the game to try and do, was prevent England from scoring. Gareth Southgate currently has England set up as a team that can defend but can't do anything else.
0: How can so many people see that you should take off Raheem Sterling? And bring on Jack Grealish, or if you're going to do it, bring off Foden and Sterling and bring on Sancho and Grealish. It, oh, I was like, how how can everybody I've seen online? I know that's not everybody because that's, you know, Twitter isn't an accurate representation of everybody, but most people I know, when we look at that England team, you're going very defensive when you're playing against Scotland, you know, very defensive. You're playing, you're playing your, you're playing your, your back four and also Calvin Phillips. And he also is in there with, in the midfield with them uh, Declan, Declan Rice is in two, there. Kind of two whole midfielders and your four defenders. Against Scotland, who are like the third lowest ranked team in the whole
1: European Championships. Mental, that's what I say. Really strange. I guess he looked at it and thought, ah, yes, my counter uh, actions against Scotland will be Rhys James and Luke Shaw. They'll hmm. get us the goals. And you're like, come on, there's no link between the midfield and attack. Calvin Phillips is a great player. He played really well in the first game. In this game didn't really do an awful lot. Nope. Because you're not playing against a world-class midfield like you are when Luka Modric is playing against you and Kovacic is playing against you. You're playing against Callum McGregor. Billy Gilmore had a good game, I thought. The stats would seem to say otherwise. According to our beloved sofa score, he's got a mm. 6.2, which I think is incredibly harsh because I thought he did well. to But you're right, it's bizarre. Gareth Southgate is strangely picking these teams consistently, which you appreciate consistency, but not when it's consistently average. Um, so I'm confused. Although, conspiracy theory time. Southgate wants to finish second in the group. You heard me. Yeah, I, so
0: I have two theories. Either, I don't really think it's hard to get smart enough for either of them. <laughs> no. But first one is that one that you said about second place. Second one is keeping his cards very, very close to his chest, uh, going into the knockout stages. Doesn't want to show off an awful lot before they go in. At the end of the day, that group, England, were always probably going to qualify from regardless. They're in four points now. They're definitely getting through whether they finish first, second, or third. Yeah. Um, and I think that he probably sees it as not. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's this smart. But if he was doing this for me, I think maybe keep the cards close to the chest, really look crap, and then go into that by stage and absolutely ob- obliterate teams. I don't think that's going to happen. That's just a, another theory I came up with. I just, for me, I can understand for the life of me why why he started starting both games and why neither Grealish nor Sancho started. Either the first game or the second game for me, that's nuts. There's Mikey saying, wouldn't surprise me if that's the mindset. That's about what we were saying about finishing second in the group. But how negative is that? Surely you want to win every game and beat the best one at all. And I agree with him completely. Um, It shows you don't have confidence in your team, that you don't feel like you could go and face the best teams in the round of 16, for
1: example. Yeah. You would think so, although I do like that idea of holding your cards close to your chest because he knows Mm -hmm. he's getting through from the group stage, and going into the tournament the England team was the hardest one to predict out of any Mm -hmm. team almost Spain's very young, so it's quite hard to predict but other than that You could look at the France team and see roughly what he was going to do. You could look at the Portugal team and see exactly how he was going to set up. You could Mm. look at Italy and see genuinely 4-3-3. That's what they're going to do. And Belgium, largely similarly. Mm -hmm. England have a much more diverse group of starting 11s in their arsenal. Um, And so I wonder, will something change come group stages? Will something change come uh, their final game? I'm not sure, but I would love to see Sancho get a chance. He's, he's I thought he's only ever played well in an English friendliest qualifiers. He's been a good, bright spark in the team. I would love to see Grealish play alongside him. Would love to see those two alongside Kane, because they're two players who'll try and get the ball to Kane and try and get the ball moving forward. I would quite like to see Foden almost play instead of Mount as well, just behind Kane, because I think Foden has a really good chance to link up with Kane. I'd also... Quite like to see a change in midfield for the game against Czech Republic. Uh, I like Calvin Phillips. Declan Rice is fine, um, but one of them should probably drop out for Bellingham yep. or Henderson. Yep, um, I agree. Someone who can go forward a little bit more.
0: Yep, hundred percent. I think as well. Just looking at so the team we finished second in Group D, the team we finished second in Group B, the rescue on there is Spain could e- could easily finish second in that group.
1: Depending on how could. results
0: they do, because they're only on two points going into this game. They yeah. can only finish with a maximum of five. Sweden of four and Slovakia of three. Spain plays Slovakia, right? Don't they? So beating beating if them, would
1: we'll take to to five. yeah, if that game's a draw, like, England could potentially play Slovakia. England, North if they yeah, second, they could play Slovakia in the next round, yep. and that would be much nicer than potentially playing France, Germany, or Portugal.
0: Yep, but I think. I, I agree with Mikey, like you shouldn't go in and try and play for second place. Like you should
1: that's far too risky. Um but it is risky, but if if you win your first game, you almost can afford to. Because you yeah. know Scotland aren't really that much of a threat. You know Scotland aren't gonna win the game, realistically. And so a draw is a great position to be in, and now it's in yeah. their hands, really. They play Czech Republic. A draw against Czech Republic confirms them second place. Yep. if southgate wanted to do that tactic he's done it fantastically well but i think it's all speculation
0: so would Czech Republic finish above england with a draw because of goal difference
1: yeah they would nuts
0: there's a uh, spain will not make it far whatsoever in this tournament not clinical enough we're just about to get on to that um clay uh i agree with you they've been they've been poor they've been poor um, but the other game in group D, just before we move on to group E, was uh, Croatia Czech Republic. Croatia, one of the teams that haven't shown up yet, a 1 1 draw. Um, let's look at the statistics very quickly. Um, Czech Republic had more expected, more XG than Croatia. Similar level of shots, only three shots on target out of total of 22 shots in the entire game is per disgusting. Um, that's really, it actually it's makes like watching a
1: Stoke game. It's like watching Stoke play. That is honestly all we did all season. When Tyrese <laughs> Campbell got injured, and we would watch a Stoke game, and there'd be like 14 shots, and half of them was on target. Like half a shot was on target, not even a full shot. Mm. It, like it was that bad. And so in this game, I hated it. Fair play though to Patrick Schick. I don't think many people had him down to be one of the top scorers at Euro 2020. No. <laughs> but he's done very well. Yeah
0: um uh, got a got a penalty in this game i think um yep he did so he, he's up to three for the tournament uh, after his flipping ridiculous goal against scotland on monday night um shotgun result for croatia
1: thoughts i think czech republic played really well against scotland so i was kind of expecting them to have a decent enough game and i think a draw in this game was roughly what i thought would happen and um, oh, you see you see, a team they steamrolled Scotland in one sense, in that they got the result because Scotland couldn't put the ball on the back of the net and they did exactly what they needed to do. And um, but Croatia again looked poor, they haven't been great, you know, in their last 12 games, they've only won twice. And um, it, it might have been a harsh pen, absolutely, but that's the nature of the game these days, isn't it? So many pens what, given I
0: thought very what harsh
1: today. Oh, yeah, I know. Angered by um, me. me. And so, yeah, it was an interesting one. Um, a one-all result isn't bad for Czech Republic at all. Um, Peter Emerson here saying that six of Czech Republic's starting players um, play for Slavia Prague. Kufal and Sujek, who did last year, team chemistry means more in international football. I think that's a fascinating point. Um, mm. do you, what do you make of it?
0: Well, let's apply it to the team I know most about, that's England, right? Because you look at the point that Peter's made there and you look at the England team. I don't think it's unfair to say that England have one of the most exciting squads at the Euros, probably apart from France, Portugal, maybe. No, maybe they're probably more exciting than Portugal, in my opinion. But they all play in teams that are big rivals. And this has always been the problem with England. They're 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 always playing rivalries. You even had City and Chelsea in the Champions League final. I do think that plays a factor. Yes, they're all mates, you know, they all get on and that and all that kind of thing. But when you're used to actually playing with your teammates, like the Czech Republic are, with six of them playing for Stabia Prague, and you're used to people's rhythm, how they play football, what their thought process is, you very quickly get used to how people play. I even knew playing junior football for so long. You got used to the team that you played with, and that's at like the lowest of low levels. So think of how much more enhanced that would be at international level, which is the highest level of the game. Um, Peter, I think that's an excellent point. Um, yeah. And I think that's going to be interesting to see how that goes with the tournament. I think France, despite the fact that they play in a lot of different teams, they have a very good squad and team spirit um, mm-hmm. when they play together. But I think your point about Czech Republic is interesting. Czech Republic are going to go through, I think, to the last 16, because yeah. they have four points. I think that's going to be enough. Yeah. So that is crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I think England... Are in a fortunate position and i think gareth southgate's main strength is his man management i think he has a togetherness in the england squad that that maybe doesn't always um exist in an england team do you think chemistry in the england squad is poor because they all play for opposing clubs during the season well Joe, was just kind of touching on maybe that is the case i think it, gareth southgate does very well at making them coherent and making them yeah. like each other However, I think what Gareth Southgate lacks in is tactical awareness and actual management experience. He hasn't managed anyone any way successful um, apart from England. Um, So I think that's maybe one of the the downfalls for England. Czech Republic do look like a team that like each other, a team that gets on well. Um, So that's quite nice for them.
0: Absolutely, and it'll be interesting to see how those final games play out. Um, because really, it's a the big the bigger game of the two is Croatia Scotland because a team wins that game uh, is is potentially going going to go through. Uh, Mike East is there, I think it's one of the best team chemistry in years, which I agree with as well. But it's per team selection, and it's mad because Southgate took that England team to semi finals of World Cup that they really had no right to be at, and uh, yeah. you know. You know, because you know you can't you can't discredit him as an England manager because of what he's done, but at the same time, some of the decisions he's made for this Euros have been baffling to me. Um, like even when he brought off Kane, my first reaction is bring on Calvert Lewin, and but he yeah. brings on Rashford, and then Rashford did nothing.
1: So it's like yeah, mental. He, he, he said he would pick based on form. And then immediately chose against that by picking Eric Dyer, you know, in January Mm. um, and people called him out for it. And I think it's kind of happening again. He says he's kind of picking based on experience at the moment is his call that he's making, but I don't know if that's a good call to make. Mm. Um, Because Rashford is is bad at the moment and has been bad for a few months on the pitch. Sterling's largely similar and I wonder... That goal in the first game maybe made him think, ah, I'm vindicated here, do you know? Um, But all things considered, I think he's picking too much based on experience. And you look at Jude Bellingham and the performance he put in against Man City in the Champions League, and you think experience means nothing when you've got a quality player. (laughs) Experience goes out the window. You see Mbappe run riot in the Champions League and World Cup at such a young age, and you think, why on earth can you not just do that? Carl says here, I feel like England are not brave enough to go for it when they need it most. Um, and that's potential comical, Mikey says, that came went off and they started putting crosses in with no one in the box. And mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. And I think it all links back to this idea that Gareth Southgate needs more experience as a manager of a team to actually have success. He needs more, manage- more management experience Uh, In various situations where he needs to diversify tactics, he needs to figure out what works when, when you're playing a Scotland team that are set up to purely defend against you and try and hit you on the counter, you shouldn't sit so deep because nobody's going to do anything in that case uh yeah it's just a frustrating one at the moment to watch england i hope he proves me wrong i hope they go out and smack czech republic 7-0 i hope that he i hope he plays sancho grealish and Foden behind Kane, and they all click and they all play really well together and they score a hat-trick each do you know i hope that's what we see but it's not going to happen
0: yeah um just in terms of time we'll need to move on now to group e i could talk about that england starting selection for for an hour because i thought it was it absolutely baffled me. Um, move on to Group E, which for me is turning into the surprise group of the entire championships in terms of position in the group. We have a very interesting 4-3-2-1 going on here. And know that's not me talking about an interesting formation. That's me talking about the number of points in the group as we read down. Um, we Sweden are top, four points. Slovakia, three points. Spain, two points. Poland, one point. And I think the main headline of this is Spain are struggling, as I said in, in the title of this of the stream, and it's it's a really bizarre. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just it's just bizarre. I, I,
1: I'm lost for words. <laughs> it is strange, especially Alvaro Morada. Is he a good footballer? No, I think is, is the answer. Um, Richard saying that Spain haven't showed up. Defensively, they look they look o- okay. They don't look awful. And um, mm. a player like he is, Eric Laporte, um, <laughs> is a good player to have in your team and does sheer up your defence alongside Pau Torres. And I think that mm. helps. Jordi Alba is good. Marcus Lorente is good again. You know, Simon Simon playing uh, in nets is a strange decision not to play the but hopefully based on form. Um, Spain just love keeping the ball and doing absolutely nothing with it.
0: So, Mikey was asking there, was it 75% possession? I can confirm it was 77%, which means that in their first two games in the group, Spain have averaged 81% possession of the ball, right? So, over 180 minutes of the of football that they've played, they've had the ball. They just haven't had the ball for 36 minutes of that. The rest of it, they have had the ball. Which it is, is
1: baffling. Insane. They insane. played two games and had only 300 passes against them, like yeah. <laughs> across 180 minutes. Yeah. That is so bizarre, obscene, as Mikey says. They they again set up uh, 1500 Sorry? passes in two games. 1500 Nuts. passes in two games. Nuts. Five times the amount of their opponents. Spain yeah. are holding the ball. They're playing Luke, Luis Enrique football. But their issue really is they don't have Lionel Messi. Because that's when Luis Enrique football worked. Well, not even just Messi, MSN. When they had Messi, Suarez and Neymar, you look at the front three and you don't think that mom is quite as good as MSN. Morata, Olmo and Moreno. Mom is really not that good. MSN was always superior, you know. It's like that time when you're sitting up late on MSN, messing with your friends, and mom walks in and says, "Get off MSN. It's time Fair to go play. to bed." Fair and play. You're, like, That's well and you're like, "No, I want to stay up with MSN," and you get the a scrap because your mom thinks she's better than MSN. And in this case, she's clearly not because all Mook, Moreno, and Murata are terrible, and then that whenever
0: you're a good boy and you go to bed and then you get your breakfast served to you, as Richard said, Spain would be able to finish that breakfast. You know, they couldn't finish it, even if it was served to them in bed. Um quite the analogy, Luke, quite the passion behind that speech, if only you were so passionate in your day to day life. Um <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's harsh <laughs> for me there. I just had to that second. Somehow. Um but you you look at the stats once again, right? Spain managed an XG of 2.95, 77% of the ball, 12 shots, five on target, which is the same. Actually, Poland only had five shots at goal. Um, But what's really interesting is Spain had five big chances in that game against Poland, and they missed four of them, including a missed penalty. Um, I saw a stat saying that the, the missed penalty rate is the highest in European Championship history? I think only I can't remember what it was. I remember at one stage it was only one penalty had been scored in a six, but it's, it's changed since then. I can't remember what it was. Uh, Clay asks there, Dew uh, or Luke? How would you fix that Spanish finishing? Um, just get me up top. I think I'll I'll go up top. Uh, stick my head on it a couple of times. Top corner. Uh, I think that will be sorted. of... Uh, hola, uh, me amo, Joe. You see, sorted. there we go. Get me on the Spanish plane. Get me on the, the spate. On Not only in this
1: stream have we been cancelled by Russians <laughs> and Ukrainians, but we've also been cancelled by Spaniards now. <laughs> yeah. Um, how would you fin- fix the finishing? So I I personally would start with Moreno up top. I know he missed the penalty, but I would start Moreno ahead of Yeah. And I think almost fine, but I would also probably play... Um, Ferran Torres, Ferran mm-hmm. Torres, one side. I can't I can't do it?
0: No, you have to. You have to do it. Say it. Say it. Say I it.
1: think he should start. We oh, are at the ball on the other side because I can't face Adamantri. Ever playing a game of football. Ever in- no, <laughs> don't do this to me. Oh, yeah oh, you the ball, and Ferran Torres. I think should start either side of Jared Moreno, and um, they're not necessarily big household names. They're new to the Spanish football game generally in the national team, but. Form-wise, they're probably slightly better. Oyer Athabal had a fantastic season this year and uh, for Sociedad and yep. Moreno had one of his best goal scoring seasons ever, if not the best, and um, for Philaray al. So um, oh. I think that would be a better front three.
0: Carl Subman in hot here with a great take. Said. Even Joe Linton could finish some of those. Now, Carl, goalinton is one of the greatest football players to ever grace planet Earth. Um, and I think you're correct. E- you say even. I think that's harsh. I think Joe, Joe Linton is one of the best. Um, now, why did he get slated for being a Stoke fan? But we're happy to all praise Joe Linton over here. Oh, guy, okay. Richard! I think Spain should bring back all the players from five years ago, and they'd wipe the floor. Um, interesting take. I think I think they'd still lose to to a few <laughs> a few the teams in there, but they'd certainly do a lot better than they're doing right now. Um, would they would fair. they though? <laughs> would they? I don't think so. They're all old. No, but just bring them back, like teleport them from as they were five years ago. Great before. Right yeah. Right yeah. That
1: that's how this works. But yeah, yeah, I think I think also a change in midfield is probably needed. Um I don't think Rodri and Coquet work together. Um they work for defense. Yeah, absolutely. But neither neither of them is overly keen on heading the ball anyway. So you could probably play with, with one of them. Um, so you maybe just play red Rodri, um, and Pedri alongside maybe Tiago, and you bring some excitement into that team with Pedri and Tiago. And then you have Ferran Torres, who's good, you have Dani Omo or or, or Oyarathabal, and you have Moreno up top. I think genuinely would work slightly better, Joe. I don't know why you and I don't just take the England and Spain jobs because clearly we know what to do, it would obviously work. Yep, hashtag hire. They like look look, one Get it trending on Twitter, guys. Um, <laughs> the other game in that group, Joe, also brought about some interesting um, thoughts because obviously Slovakia had a win going into the game. They have beaten Poland, uh, which was surprising. A good result that they, they ground out with a red card. Sweden played well enough against Spain in holding their own. Didn't really offer too much going forward, but they managed to come away with a win in this game, did Sweden, with a 1-0 victory, thanks to a penalty
0: yay i listened to the second half on five live other radio stations are available and um they kept just talking about how boring it was um which obviously as a listener i was you know delighted with to hear them constantly moaning about how boring the game was and how they really hoped it wouldn't be 0-0 and how they, at this stage we will take a penalty 1-0 win they were that bored which to me yeah. is not a good advertisement for the game not that sad I missed it. I was just looking through some of the numbers that we got from that game. Fairly even all round. At 22 shots in the game, 12 of them went to Sweden. Four shots on target. Slovakia had 10 shots, none of which were on target, which means none of their shots would have gone in. So, wouldn't have even have scored.
1: Um, wow. Is that what that means, Joe? Yes. That big was chances.
0: Sick. Sweden had three. The only one they didn't miss was their penalty, because that's a big chance. 70% uh, Conversion rate usually with penalty, pardon me penalties. Um but apart from that, I don't see anything really special in the numbers. Um and but it's interesting because Sweden are unbeaten in that group, which is mad when you think about it. You know, they yeah. played Spain, they got the draw, and then they beat uh <laughs> I've just seen a comment. Are you getting absolutely slagged off? Carl says they the
1: Enigma couldn't handle couldn't
0: manage a pasty supper.
1: To be fair, I wouldn't want to manage a pasty supper. Passes are flipping disgusting.
0: Um, but it, it does leave the group in a really interesting position, and because Sweden have already played Spain, they go into that Poland game with a bit of confidence, I think, because Poland yeah. really aren't that great, right, they, they lost to Slovakia, he, he, Lewandowski can't carry them, he's lit, he's a, it's not like he's on the wing, you know, to create something, he's a, he's a, you just lump it up to Lewandowski, see what Lewandowski can do, for me, I think Sweden could get a draw out of that game, and if Sweden get the draw, I think potentially they win the group, um, just trying to think if unless Spain's goal difference uh, improves because Sweden only have a goal difference of plus one, so that will be interesting to see if if Spain can get a can get a win over Slovakia. That will be interesting to see how that goes. How do you
1: one think that's going to play out? Sorry, one of my least favorite things that happened this week was Poland just trolling Jude Bellingham by bringing on a younger player to become <sighs> the youngest ever player in the European Championships because you know Kasper calls he plays for Pogon in the Polish League. Yeah. Like, he doesn't deserve to have that record. He's not going to go on to have a career like Jude Bellingham. I hate that. Not a fan.
0: Um. Well, it's okay. Don't, don't, don't cry about it. It's, it's, it's fine, you know.
1: No. Um. Terrible. Terrible from Poland. Zero out of ten. Not a oh, fan.
0: But he did play 40 minutes. It's not like he only came on the 93rd minute to get that record. At least he actually played, you know. To um, be fair,
1: he did get one goal and an assist in his last six games for Pugon. So oh uh, he's a cracking a player. player. What a player. Um and then finally, the big news
0: from yesterday, group F is wide open. Uh, because Germany destroyed Portugal by only scoring two of their own goals. And France and Hungary drew 1-1, one, one, and a, a shocking result, really, for France. Um, it's it's the kind of the reason why I was initially hesitant to put Hungary bottom, because I thought they might steal a result. Obviously, that's not going to be enough. I think they will still finish bottom, but, um, yeah, there's Clays on your back. He I believe in you, Look, Stoke Premier League Challenge 2024. He, knew each, he clearly knows your football manager saves. Look, he clearly knows how good you are as <laughs> a football manager. Thanks, um,
1: nice, key. Thanks, key.
0: But that back group F is wide open at the minute because the points, as they stand at the minute, France are top of the group four points, Germany are second uh, with three points, Portugal are third because of head to head, also on three points, Hungary are bottom with one. And we go into the final games where France play Portugal and Germany play Hungary. So I personally would say advantage Germany going into that final game.
1: um, Yeah, who saw this coming? Who saw this coming? But before before I chat anything else about any of these games, avid listener Andy Coleman, also housemate of myself, yeah, can we give a moment of silence, please, because he captained Lucas Hernandez, who didn't even play the game. <sighs> Sad for Andy Coleman on um, that
0: one. That. I also so, I, I also were... nearly captained, uh, Ruben Diaz, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> um but he was not my team and also i captained Varane uh because i thought france will definitely get a clean sheet against hungary no problem no none of my front three performed Lukaku, pookie harry kane nothing from them either it was a sad week
1: in fantasy all round um, not a good time but yeah dude this this group is nuts germany yeah. have the advantage they i back them to be Absolutely. hungry having watched them. Uh, the other day, they, they looked like a team that could actually score goals against a yeah. Portuguese team who we speculated in our last podcast doesn't actually have that good a defence because Nelson Cimeto plays in it. You really do have a problem with the Wolves players, don't you?
0: You really do no, have a, I don't. Have a it's not you Wolves. Do you know
1: what it is? It's with Adam Schroeder and Nelson Cimeto. Oh, dear. Uh, those two both... <laughs> Grew, or played for Barca, and obviously I have a big love for Barcelona, and I've watched a lot of football, and so I've yeah. seen that both of them are just crap. Like they both yeah. are really bad footballers. And um, Nelson Semedo, terrible defensively. Yep. Portugal all over the place, um, yep. and Germany ran riot, especially in the second half. In the first half, um, I thought, yeah. Portugal did well enough at the start, but that, well not even the first half. From thirty minutes onwards, really, and um, Germany kind of kicked into second gear and and got going. Mm-hmm. I was I was working, so I missed the first
0: half. And I I got in, and my housemate Sam, whose whose dad is German, so Sam's a big Germany supporter. Um, was he was watching the game, and uh, I I was saying to him, two one, and he went, yeah, Portugal have scored all three goals. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, there's been two on goals. I was like no way, no, surely not. Um, but watching the own goals, it was like Germany would have scored anyway. Um, yeah, you know. So it was just it wasn't like oh, it was fluke own goals. It was good play from Germany. I think the own goals make it seem like they got away, like they got lucky, but in reality, they, they weren't. They played some very very good football. Um, Portuguese defending them in the second half, in particular, for the two goals that I saw for Germany's third and fourth was brutal. Um, is it, How do you say his name? Is it Gussen's? Um, yeah, Goosens? I don't know Goosens. Um His goal, in particular, for me was shocking because the amount of space he had um, <laughs> for that header was ridiculous. Like that is at yeah. international level, the defending champions of the Euros playing defend like that. Not having it. I'm not having it. Well, they're
1: just going for the repeat of finishing third again, and then, yep. then the Euros. That's well, what it going works for, clearly. broken Do um, you know what I mean? Yeah, you look at their defence and you see Rafael Guerrero, who has never been an out-and-out left-back. He's been a left-wing back for, for Borussia, um at times, so he's not defensively unbelievable. Nelson Samedo, we've been here many times before, and well, Pepe, man. who's who's ageing. um. Other than Ruben Diaz, defensively not fantastic. Rui Patricio, a decent enough goalkeeper, but there's only so much a goalkeeper can do. Germany completely overran the midfield. Gundogan, Chris, Havertz, Muller, even Kimmich coming in from the right. The five of them absolutely ripped Daniel Pereira and William Carvalho to shreds. Yep. You're not going to see Bruno Fernandes getting in the nitty-gritty and trying to win a battle with any of them. You'll see him looking to take a penalty and do everything that's bad about Ronaldo. Um, Bruno, Bernardo Silva is largely similar. to Giada, they're not players that enjoy getting stuck in. I think that's where Germany really benefited, was in the middle of the park, and that let them do everything else. I just have a quick question for you.
0: How old do you think Thomas Muller is?
1: Thomas Muller at this stage must be at least 86. Now, um, Thomas <laughs> Muller was really young when he broke through um, at the 2010 World Cup so in my mind i think he's 31. you're spot on spot on Look but Look he looks, he looks 38 or older do you know what i mean like yeah and he hasn't changed and he's in been what? around for a long time as well yeah you just you assume that he is like 35 36 yeah. he's really getting on but 31.
0: in my head i was like this must be his last uh major competition do you know what I mean? like i i honestly thought he was like <laughs> nearly nearly dead um Mulder is not human says clay um it, it's just he's just it's like he's like it's he looks like your granny or something it's it's just so bizarre uh i i don't he does look like it. my
1: granny to be fair now that you mentioned it yeah exactly right. <laughs> no not at all not no. at
0: all uh, funny. but yeah
1: um, he's he's got another like considering considering the world cup is next year yeah he definitely Definitely has another tournament in him, you know. It's really not that long away. He might die in the Qatari heat, you know. But we'll we'll just see how it goes. Neuer, I thought, had quite a bad game, and Rudiger didn't have a great game. Loved his passion, loved his enthusiasm when he cleared the ball, and he was Mm. screaming and shaking his fist. What a guy. Uh, But Germany did a very German performance, I feel. Professional, thorough, did what they needed to do, and got the result. And It was for me, it was a shock result. I thought, well, Germany could have
0: won, and I thought they might win, but not 4 2. Um, no, <laughs> this is so bad. I can't remember why I'm, I don't know why I'm laughing so much of this, but they were saying that your man Gussens was rejected by the German army or police or something because he had one leg shorter than the other. I'm not too, too sure why I found that so funny, but I did kind of find that quite funny. Um, great result, leaves that group wide open, and as we said, I think. It's advantage Germany. I think Germany could go on to win that group potentially because I could see a France-Portugal draw potentially because um, they both need to kind of get a result there. And the other game, the other big shock was Hungary-France. Uh, 1-1 yeah. draw. Um, you know, with with Hungary going 1-0 up as well and a nervy, a nervy second half for France, even though France dominated the majority of the game, Look, just looking at the attack momentum meter, pretty much all of it goes towards the French side. Um, certainly st- statistically, if I could say that word, um, sure. they were on top as well. You know, 589 yeah. accurate passes, which is against Spain levels. Um, yeah. But Hungary grind out a result. You know, like they were close to the end against Portugal until they collapsed at the very end. Um, they've done well defensively, Hungary, apart from conceding four goals. They've done yeah. well defensively so to true. take out... If you take out that anomaly, anomaly, which was um, you know, yeah, mad.
1: Good result for for Hungary. I don't think France have shown up to the Euros yet. No. They've got a win and a draw, but I don't think they've shown up yet. I don't think they've played anywhere near full capacity. Um, I don't think that they have showed anywhere near enough to win the European Championships. Defensively, haven't been that good. Kimpembe, to me, is not that good of a defender i i really don't read him at all at the moment um, and i don't know if this diamond that they're playing works hmm. i don't know if this setup narrow enough maybe why dny played to bring a bit more width on the left and, and whip a ball like he can and um, but i don't think benzema and mbappe work that well together with griezmann in behind it is a strange thing i think we saw that in the second half because you know, Dembele came on um, to change things up. So you had Pogba and Kante sitting in the middle and you had Mbappe and you had Dembele going yeah. at it from either side, yeah. slightly more out-and-out wingers in that case. And I think, um, you know, Deschamps maybe panicked a little bit with that and figured out, oh, actually this hungry team can quite comfortably stop us in the middle of the park.
0: Richard's coming there with a France weren't hungry enough for a goal. Hungry enough, get it because they played hungry hungry. Um, Carl says, Does "Anybody want to talk about the Yuri Natter chance that could have finished France yesterday?" I think um, Hungary really didn't do a lot. They did have a couple of chances. Carl, you're right. They could have finished the game off a two nil. Could have finished France.
1: Joe, I can't uh, believe you've just been done by that. What? That name. What have I done? <laughs> you didn't say it right, to be fair, but it's quite clearly a Urinator. Oh right. You know, that is shocking for you. There's no player called Urinator, you agent. You've been do- after last week you had such confidence that none of them could get you with these fake names. And you've only gotta done it. You've given in to the urinator. <laughs> I, have no I was going to ignore the comment personally. I was just going to I've
0: move a, on. I've, uh, I've uh, left. Um, okay.
1: Well, I'll I'll sum up in saying France haven't showed up yet, and I have no idea how the game against Portugal is going to go. I have no clue what that game will end up like, because it could go any way um, at all.
0: Yeah, I think we could see a... I'm going to go out and say a 1-1 draw. I don't to say a one one draw, which could sit Germany right down to the ground. Um I actually am still slightly recovering from that. Um horrendous <laughs> uh mistake. Uh I th- I th- I think Germ I actually do think Germany could win this group now. Yeah. Um just without Hungary
1: Which I think is bad news for England. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because well then I don't know who who they would want to play between France they and play Ireland, I don't think. yeah i'm intrigued to see how it all ends up Um, and but it's an exciting time all around joe we did have games today but i'm wondering do we maybe leave those for our wednesday night show and we just talk about all of the games from match day three for sake of time and for sake of keeping it all continuous. We'll chat about Wales against Italy, Turkey against Switzerland and all of the other games that take place between now and Wednesday night when we will see all of the group stages concluded and know exactly how badly our predictions have been from the off and we can talk about our fantastically set up knockout stage games. It's an exciting time yes these next few days will be exciting because games mean things more than ever, ever and people will be busting for a chance at a goal and um, so i'm excited i hope you are as well guys thank you so much for joining us tonight as it says in the bottom scrolling across check out the study Joe podcast on apple spotify and google podcasts we're there usually every monday and every thursday so check us out on our podcast providers be sure to like and subscribe it's been a pleasure joe it's been great
0: i'm still sad about being caught out there by coral coral we need to have words sir um yeah it's been a real pleasure guys we both love the euros we hope you do too wednesday night 10 p.m live on facebook and youtube be there or be square good night everybody We are back. Welcome, everybody. It's the last four minutes of the show. Don't be sad because it's over. Smile because it happened. Um, yes, plans for this week.
1: Hit me up. So I'm heading back to the North Coast once again for an evening. Oh. Isn't that lovely? Are you? Um, I am just for Monday night. And people i'm going to be working with next year Stran, are going up for their planning week so i'm going to be going to join them for an evening and then tuesday have a team day in person on wednesday which will be good crack and it should just be a nice time all around uh and then pretty chill the rest of the week a few different things maybe a trip to cumber in there hopefully back to football next saturday and just enjoy um the wind down as i approach ending my my year-long internship so Quite a nice week, I think, to finish off. What about yourself, Joe? I hear hear that you're busy. I'm working every day, Monday to Saturday.
0: We're supposed to have Tuesday off. Get called in today to to cover. I gave a compromise. You want to be in all day. I said, I have plans already. Can I do nine to one? He said, no problem. So got a half day at least. But uh, busy, busy. Hopefully the weather can hold up because it's great for the town. And... (laughs) It's also great for my vitamin D levels, um, and that's about it really. Just watch football. Don't know what I'll do during the breaks because, like, I've been so used to there being football on everywhere you look, um, and I look everywhere. That's you look, everywhere. you are look everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> literally, um, and apart from that, I don't think there's much else on for me. I uh, pretty much the next two months are just going to be working and all that jazz um living the dream do you mean living the dream living the dream exactly getting the dollar dollar bills y'all um but yeah there's really not much going on at the minute. It, it, it's it's a weird lull i feel after the hecticness of uni it's it's a nice it's it's busy but it's kind of not it doesn't feel too busy i feel like i've got a bit more time that i can spend in any way i want to you know yeah um, that is
1: nice um, will you be streaming
0: yeah, I probably will a couple of days. I'm not sure when yet. Um the game I was playing the game I was playing, I've had to stop for a Why? week because it's pretty much broken me. I'm sure. just getting too annoyed. I'm getting too annoyed with it. Um In what sense? Just a really difficult part that you can't get past? No, the story is just annoying me. And it's difficult to get invested in. So <laughs> I'm taking a break, playing another game for a week and I'll go back to it basically because
1: no.
0: that's like but I will be getting my first Paycheck from Twitch as well, so that's pretty
1: nice. Oh wow, look at yep. that! Isn't that one exciting really time? I know. Well, no, I can't wait for you to pay me in commission. That'll be great.
0: You're so welcome. I'll I'll reinvest it back in the Shadow podcast.
1: <laughs> can't wait, listeners. <laughs> you are blessed.
0: You're so welcome. Uh Are we back Wednesday? Uh Yes, should be. Is that the end? Is there or are games up until Thursday? When are the When are the games pictures? up until Thursday? I think. Thursday. Oh no, I can actually not free on Thursday. So we'll be we'll do Wednesday night. Wednesday night, guys. Thursday. Oh no, there's not sorry
1: Wednesday. Wednesday's the last night.
0: Well Wednesday's the last. Okay, perfect. So we will be live on Facebook and YouTube immediately after the final set of fixtures and we'll be talking all about the groups the final group stage games and then looking ahead to the knockouts, which will be very, very exciting. But we will see you then. Have a good week, guys. Look, have a good week. Enjoy the North Coast. Very jealous of that. Stay safe, everyone. See you in a couple of days. Bye. Bye.